What's up, everybody? Welcome into the special pop-up Good Karma Wrestling podcast. I am Jonathan Hood. If you don't know by now, you need to know. If you're looking for the best in pro wrestling conversation, check it out every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific on YouTube. Look for Good Karma Wrestling on YouTube. And make sure you tell people. I mean, if you're listening every week, cool. But how does the podcast grow? How does our YouTube grow? Make sure you tell people about how Gabe, Brian, and yours truly, Jonathan Hood, give you the best in pro wrestling conversation of Good Karma Wrestling. Well, the reason why this is a pop-up edition of Good Karma Wrestling is because I realize and the show realizes that we need to have more than just one podcast a week because there's so much going on. And so when there's news or something interesting happening, I'll be glad to be able to hit record on my way to do honeydews and go get gas because I'm driving right now. I'm not in the studio. I'm driving right now because I got some stuff that's fresh on my mind regarding what happened over the weekend as we uh, record this at 5.30 p.m. on July 9th on Sunday. So just recently, I just got a chance to see AEW collision emanating from Regina, Saskatchewan. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let's get to what you just heard, the intro. You heard the theme of the Usos, and there's a reason. Madison Square Garden is a place where so many magical things have happened in professional wrestling with WWE. And it happened again on Friday Night SmackDown. It was about, I don't know, 35 minutes. The first 35 minutes of the show was based on the fallout from Money in the Bank in London. There you have the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. You've got Paul Heyman and you got the Usos and Solo Sokoa all in the ring. And it's a combustible situation because you don't know what's going to happen. Well, just like many moments at Madison Square Garden, the unthinkable happened. Where Roman Reigns says, I don't need this. I don't need this. All of the drama with the family. I got my kids backstage. They don't need to be seeing this. And of course, Roman Reigns has that garb, that uh, lay that he has around his neck. Took it off and starts to genuflect in the direction of Jey Uso. And was going to give him maybe the championship. Who knows? And, of course, that was all a swerve. And what's so interesting about that is just the way he bows and genuflects in the direction of Jey Uso. Uso bought it there for a second. And, of course, the swerve by Roman Reigns as he hits Jey Uso down low. Jimmy Uso gets injured. So this all happens because Sol Sokoa is just that dude. People root for Solo. There was a moment there in that first 40 minutes where you saw Solo Sokoa looking down at that lane and says, what if I'm the tribal chief? I think, I'm thinking in his mind, the thought bubble over his head is, well, what if I'm the tribal chief? What if I get a chance to be the tribal chief? What if I become the champion? And, of course, that was just a fleeting moment. But, again, it's just the WWE planting seeds. We've never seen anything like this. It's so good, I don't think that Vince McMahon is totally involved in it. I know that sounds bad for a guy that's been promoting wrestling since the early 80s, but still, it's so good. It's like if this is Vince, vintage Vince, this thing would have been done two and a half years ago. But because it's been so hot, because the merchandise around it has been so hot, because the TV ratings around it has been so hot, it's the biggest thing in professional wrestling. 
And so it just continues. As I said a few weeks ago, I mean, whatever happened at WrestleMania, whatever happens at you know, Money in the Bank, this thing could go on for another year because there's so many different elements to it. It's so very interesting to me how all this is happening. So this is the first 35 minutes or so of the show, and no one's getting tired of it because we thought just for a moment, oh, my God, Roman is leaving his throne as the tribal chief. And, of course, he screws Jey Uso. We get to the end of the show. It's bookended, right? The end of the show. And you have Roman Reigns coming out. And he's standing there in the ring. And just when you think that Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso is at the hospital or they're not able to come back out again, here comes Jey Uso through the crowd at Madison Square Garden and gets a few shots in on Roman and, and says, hey, you know what? I want this match. Jay against Roman with nobody else around. Well, I mean, that sounds great, but Solo's around and Paul Heyman's around and even Jimmy Uso's around. Jay wants a one-on-one with Roman Reigns. Now, we saw this in the pandemic and it didn't work out too well for Jay Uso. The question is, is the audience ready for Jay Uso to be main event Jay Uso? It's a great name, but is he ready for the main event? Is he a, a guy that you look at the top of the card and say, I'm going to pay tickets to see that guy? as the champion or that guy as the draw as a tag team for sure and people understand the Jey Uso part of this whole drama and this saga that's happening with the family the bloodline but I know whatever happens because it's been so good they can put anybody in that whole tribe against Roman Reigns and it will draw because people are so fascinated I'm so fascinated into all of this so hats off to the WWE for, for what they were able to put together and how they can continue to put this together. It's so amazing. Right before we went out uh, on Friday night, I had to see at least some of this, and I watched the rest of it early Saturday morning when we got back in. Uh, and so it, I was just amazed by it. So Saturday night, I see the first half hour of AEW Collision, and we went out. Um, my wife and I for a while came back it was late I said okay well Collision sitting on my DVR I'll watch the rest of it because I was very interested in how the fans in Regina Saskatchewan was going to look at all of this road closing my god I'm driving down here these south side streets and never, just never know what's open and what's closed big sign says road closed how will I be able to get to Indiana well we'll find out I'll make a turn here. Um, so, <laughs> I was thinking about Regina Saskatchewan, uh, the show for Collision. And Samoa Joe and CM Punk, they were, it's really appealing to me because, man, these, when they were in ROH, I was paying good money to see them whenever time, whenever the time that ROH would come to Chicago. And to see Samoa Joe and CM Punk, no, they don't look the same. Maybe they don't work the same as they did back in 2002, 2003. But it was very, very interesting to me to see how these two would fare. Now, again, I looked at Samoa Joe and I look at him now, even as ROH TV champion, and say, boy, look how this guy can still move around. He can still make people feel. There's a lot of chance for uh, Samoa Joe, but more, more chance for CM Punk this time. CM Punk is now in that John Cena mode 
where he could be cheered or he could be booed. And that's great money for AEW and for CM Punk because if he's polarizing and half the audience loves you, half the audience hates you, that's great. So CM Punk has finally got him into that mode where, hey, it's a mixed reaction. That means that he wins. That means the promotion wins. So pretty good for him. So I'm watching that match, and does it remind me of 2003? No, it does not. But I like that those two were in the ring because they were fighting for something. The semifinals for the Owen Cup. And I'm so glad that the fans in Regina were really into, um, you know, chanting for Owen. And knowing how much Owen meant to that region, how he meant so much to professional wrestling fans. Pretty cool. And uh, so I'm watching that, and I just thought that that was really, really great for the fans to support this Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Everyone, even if you were not a fan of Owen, everyone understands the tragedy of how he died. Just senselessly, had no reason to die, but he did because of a stupid gimmick. And so I think that resonates with a lot of wrestling fans. As far as the the ending of the match, I I think that was only one way to do it. If Punk was going to go over, that was the way for him to go over. And it was a roll-up, one, two, three. But I'll tell you one thing. It might have been a roll-up, one, two, three. But for sure, uh, I think CM Punk felt the next day the wrath of Samoa Joe. Those big chops, all that physicality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Samoa Joe's like, oh, I'm going to lose to this guy the first time in 18 years? Yeah, he's going to feel it. And he certainly did feel it did thus, uh, CM Punk. I like Collision. I like the show a lot because it's so different than Dynamite, and that's the whole deal. It should not look like the, the same show. I think it's kind of cool that both these shows are different. It's paced different. I think Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis do a really good job. Solid commentary team. They're not over the top. I think I, I really like that a lot. And I liked um, that they built how they built that main event with packages for those that don't remember those video packages that they had to remind people, hey, this is a big matchup. So now the finals are is Ricky Starks versus CM Punk for the Owen Hart Men's Tournament Championship. If CM Punk is who I think he is, he's got to put the young guy over. And when I say young guy, I mean young to many of us. You know, like I believe, and make sure you hit me if I'm, I'm wrong about this, I believe that Ricky Starks is like 32, 33 Something along those lines. So, I mean, he's not a like a youngster, but he's a youngster maybe to a lot of fans. Yeah, he's like 32, 33. The best thing is is for CM Punk to put Ricky Starks over. Ricky Starks should be the Owen Hart men's tournament champion because there's still a lot of cheers for, for Ricky Starks. It's starting to wane a little bit, because, and it's not necessarily because of him. It's because of who he's been booked with. The matchup that Ricky Starks had against Powerhouse Hobbs, again, you'd think there'd be more heat to it because they were they used to be a tag team, they used to be part of Team Taz, and that was really never paid off, which is, again, a problem with AEW. If you're going to, like, if there's going to be a separation for a tag team, or if there's a problem between two people, four people, six people, got to pay it off. And I don't think it was paid off, but I think that the match was sound. Uh, Ricky Starks, you know, had to fight from underneath. I think how many, I'm trying to remember how many moments he had in that matchup against Hobbs, four or five, maybe, maybe four, but he won the matchup. 
also tells me that if they're smart, they separate Powerhouse Hobbs from um, from QT Marshall. Marshall, I think, has a place in AEW. I don't think there's any question about that. But, I mean, this has been a short-lived the relationship between Hobbs and QT Marshall. There should be a separation there. And, they, and Hobbs was pissed after the match, which I really liked. I thought that was very entertaining. Um, because QT Marshall, like a goof, standing there on the apron, trying to do a, uh, trying to distract the official... And then, of course, that doesn't go the way of Powerhouse Hobbs. So you got, if you missed it, check out that match. Um, but out of everything I saw in Collision, the best match was a tag team match. And I think that the reason why that FTR and Bullet Club Gold had so much time is because we did not get the Willow-Nightingale-Athena match. That would be scrapped because Willow's injured, and apparently she's going to be ready for the next Rampage show. So i got to have to DVR that to make sure because those two women can go. They are fantastic. Um, nonetheless, um, if you haven't seen AEW Collision, everybody, make sure you see that tag team. That tag team match, again, it wasn't for the championships. But boy, you know what it reminded me of is just a house show where a oh, tag team is just working on things. But not necessarily in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, these house shows or these live events, as they're called today, you get wrestlers working on things, and they have a, you know, a lengthy time to be able to work the kinks out. I thought that that tag team matchup was one of the best I've seen from AEW all year. You know that FTR can go, but then it's you got two other professionals on the other side with Bullet Club Gold, and I thought that they wrestled really well for a team that's not necessarily not necessarily established. I mean, I could see them as tag team champions. Um, and so, again, I thought that it was really, really well done. A lengthy matchup. Um, you could tell all four guys were spent. And Bullet Club Gold comes out as the, as the winners for that in a non-title match. And the whole thing felt like very much like a house show. Just the whole thing at Regina where... Here's a market here that didn't get much wrestling. And they hadn't had much wrestling since Bret Hart was champion. You know how long ago that was? In the early 90s? And so, despite the pandemic, Regina has not necessarily been a big spot in some of the, you know, a big uh, city for professional wrestling lately. But man, I mean, they had about, I think Kevin Kelly tweeted 2,500 people. It really sounded loud. And that's what it comes down to. Doesn't matter who's in there. Are people having a good time? And you could tell that people uh, in that city were having a great time as AEW makes this uh, tour through Canada. They couldn't do it during the pandemic, and so they're doing it now. And so no matter who's there, who's not there, it seems like these crowds are really having a good time. And I think that that's what makes it special. Um, I'll let the quote-unquote experts, the people that break down the ratings for, to every minuscule number, uh, and break down the attendance to tell you how bad that is. And I will tell you that it's great that any if you can sell someone a ticket on a Wednesday or on a Friday or on a Saturday or on a Monday, and people today in this economy still going out to, you know, really looking at their entertainment dollar and say, I'm going to spend it on professional wrestling, that's actually a great thing. I think it's wonderful. So. I just want to come on here. I think I've reached my destination now. I'm finally at the gas station um, after that road closure. I don't know what happened there. Had to do a whole, like, six or eight blocks around, but I made it. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Three fifty nine a gallon. My God. Anyway, <laughs> unlet at three fifty nine. Wow. 
Anyway, so we, I just want to reach out and uh, let you know that uh, we're always available every Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 Pacific for Good Karma Wrestling and share the show. Uh, if you are listening to this through the podcast or YouTube, make sure that you subscribe, number one, because we really want to be able to put an emphasis on our YouTube numbers. Um, you know, our podcast is doing well. It grows every day thanks to you. Uh, but we want our um, our YouTube to continue to grow as well. Uh, YouTube.com, Good Karma Wrestling. All right, we will talk to you on Thursday. Unless there's news breaking, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Gabe, Brian, and I will break it down before. Let me tell you, SmackDown from Madison Square Garden, if you didn't see it, check it out on demand. The same thing with AEW Collision because we all love wrestling. No matter who you support, we all love wrestling. All of it. (laughs) Indies are doing well as well. I've seen it over the weekend as well. So check us out. All the best of pro wrestling conversations right here on Good Karma Wrestling. $3.59 a gallon.